Perhaps someone will say, had she not known before that he would not die? Undoubtedly. Did she not expect him to rise again at once? Surely. And still she grieved over her crucified son? Intensely. Who are you and what is the source of your wisdom that you are more surprised at the compassion of Mary than at the passion of Mary's son? For if he could die in body, could she not die with him in spirit? He died in body through a love greater than anyone had known. She died in spirit through a love unlike any other since his. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, where our seasoned spiritual directors share their wisdom with you for a bit of help in living out your daily walk with Jesus. I'm Patrick Conley. Those words I shared at the opening of the show are from St. Bernard of Clairvaux, taken from today's Office of Readings for Our Lady of Sorrows. Now, generally, when I'm reading the sanctoral reading from the office, I may ponder a line for a brief moment. I may be moved to prayer or praise of God. And I may get through it without much of a perceivable difference. But this one, this one stopped me cold. As these words of St. Bernard drained into the depths of my soul, my voice caught and my eyes filled with tears. I had to swallow hard before I could even continue. I highly encourage you to find the whole of the passage in the Liturgy of the Hours or online. We'll post a link to it in the show notes and read through it meditatively on this, this memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows. It is powerful and moving. And I'm also grateful that these words move me so much. I count it as entering, maybe in some meager way, the sorrow and the suffering that was no doubt Mary's as she witnessed the agonizing death of Jesus, agonizing for both mother and son. But on this day, we honor, recognize, and engage with the many sorrows of Mary, not only this most profound one. What are those manifold sorrows? How do you engage with them and suffer with our Blessed Mother? And how does this deepen your life of faith? That's what we're exploring today, the Memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows, with our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson. Father Joseph is the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, part of the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis. A blessed memorial to you, Father. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Patrick. It's always good to be with you and on this special day when we honor Our Lady. Yeah. Well, let's ta- let's we'll have you take us into it, Father. Give us a little information about this memorial. What exactly are we honoring? Sure. So uh, traditionally, we speak about seven sorrows of Our Lady. In fact, the Franciscans have a different form of the rosary that has seven decades. So sometimes if you've picked up uh, a rosary that's been lying in a, a drawer that's left over from some older family member, and all of a sudden you start counting the decades, you go, wait a minute, they're not five as the normal loop of a rosary, they're seven. Mm-hmm. You've just stumbled across somebody's Franciscan uh, rosary, the, the chaplet of Our Lady of Sorrows, that mm-hmm. each decade meditates on one of those sorrows that Our Lady experienced through the whole of, of her life. And, of course, the image that comes to mind artistically for this day is that one most profound sorrow of Mary at the foot of the cross. And it's Mary there that is also when Jesus said to her, 
Behold your son, and to St. John, Behold your mother. And so sometimes Mary is called the mother of sorrows, not just Our Lady of Sorrows, but mother of sorrows, and that truly she is uh, there as a sorrowful mother for her son who's hanging on the cross, but she's also there to be a mother for us whenever we are in sorrow. And I think that's where we apply this mystery to our own lives. Because I don't know about you, Patrick, uh, but correct me if I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. I, I teach all of my students that no one yet in the history of humanity has found an easy life. Mm, that yeah. every life has both ups and downs, both blessings and crosses. And so I try to tell them that when the world is uh, seeking to convince them, no, no, take the easy way, take the easy way, that in fact, there is no such path. There yeah. is no easy way. So to seek a beautiful life rather than an easy life, because the easy life doesn't exist. Mm. Amen so to that. When, yeah. Yeah, so when on our path there are sorrows, when we do have those downturns, let Our Lady come in and, and help let her be there to be our mother when we are sorrowing because she knows what it is to sorrow herself, to grieve, yeah, to, to suffer. Well, being our mother and again, acquainted so, so well, so much with sorrow and sorrow that dare I say, you know, transcends any sorrow that I've encountered. And I've encountered my fair share of sorrows too, but uh, I can see how she would be such a, a huge help knowing even from my own earthly mother, mother, when I, you know, fell down and skinned my knee or something like that, how she was always there to uh, take care of me, to comfort me, to console me, and to take care of the, the wound that I had, that had, I had incurred, you know. So I, I can imagine that our, our Lady is like that. Any reflections, Father, on specifically this devotion now um, some 2,000 years on from that time when she stood at the foot of her son's cross? Uh, why is it so important in this time? I mean, we all, yes, we all have sorrows and suffering, but uh, anything that you would say is kind of marking our age uh, that, that she would be most applicable towards? Well, I, I think a couple of things. First, there is this, um, you know, this notion that, that, that we should live in a, in a pain-free world, right? That technology has advanced so much that there's going to be a pill or a surgery that solves everything, you know, or there's an app for that. I should be able to click on something and, 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 uh, and fix whatever it is. And that's not true. We, we still have all of the same aches and pains. Yes, there's wonders of, of, of progress in medical technology and this, that, and other. But the last time I checked, Patrick, human mortality is still running at exactly 100%. Yep. Right? That, that, uh, that we may extend life. We, we may take care of some of the aches and pains. But, but the fact is that, that we are on a journey, and that journey has an end. Uh, and so... So that's where there are always going to be sorrows. But our world is this modern, uh, technologically progress-driven world doesn't like to think about that. And we feel uncomfortable when someone else is sorrowful. You know, someone you bring up to someone, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling in my marriage. Or, oh, yeah, I, I've got cancer. And all of a sudden they look at their watch and go, oh, oh, uh, yeah, oh, sorry to hear that. Oh, uh, got to run. Mm. You know, we're, we're uncomfortable because we've relegated suffering off to the side. You know, before nursing homes existed, you know, you'd have that natural process of aging uh, and of dying right there in your own home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, 
And so we, we had that sense, and I'm not saying nursing homes are a bad thing at all. They're, they're a good thing, but, but it's not a good aspect if by putting a loved one in a nursing home, we start to forget about them and we put them away from our ordinary experience of life, uh, that we don't see suffering and, and aging and dying as part of life. Certainly in earlier ages, uh, before all of the neonatal technology, all of the prenatal diagnosis, all of the wonderful things that our, our uh, pediatrics hospitals can do now, the infant mortality rate was very, very high. Uh, we've, we've brought that way down uh, in, the, in the West, uh, you know, but, but one of the things that, that we have to deal with is uh, a lot of women uh, experience the pain still of, of miscarriages. Yeah. Or, or of of infertility, and of course, uh, our present day, we have to to look and see. And I'm no doctor or scientist, but I've read enough articles that say there there certainly seems to be some correlation between the vast use of contraception uh, mm-hmm. and an abortion. What those things do to a woman's fertility mm-hmm. uh, that that might in fact make it harder for women to conceive might in fact make, uh, you know, a, a miscarriage more likely, what have you, or just simply other things that are going on that might also in our modern living have contributed to an increase in miscarriages and, and the like. Uh, but, but certainly there are plenty of things in the present uh, that are sorrows, uh, whether they're directly related to, to some of the unhealthy habits that we've got in our society at the moment or whether it's the same old things that, that we've always struggled with, but have tried to forget about, tried to relegate to, to the, the side and, and not think too much about them. Mm-hmm. And I guess that raises in my mind, Father, the, the sorrows that do come, as you say, because of some, something that we have done. We've catalyzed it in some way because of our sin and that sort of thing, the, the unhappy, un, unhappy consequences that come after our after a sin after some sinful pursuit that we have been engaged in but uh does our mother abandon us i mean does she still care about us even though it's really our fault that we're suffering these things is she still present to us in that oh of course and and that's where you know all of the images in scripture of the prodigal son and all of this you know speak of god's love for for us when we go astray well the saints have to learn to love like Christ loves in order to be a saint. Yeah. Right? So, so they have that same merciful approach uh, to, to loving. And just like, you know, maybe I'll give you an example. Uh, a busy mom uh, tells the kids, no throwing the football in the living room. Uh, so go outside, uh, but go out back you know, where it's, it's safe. Don't, don't play in the front yard because there's traffic in the street and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. What happens when the kids decide, ah, the front yard's better than the backyard, and they go out and they throw the ball, and one of them goes long and goes in the street, and oops, gets hit. Does, does, does mom come running out in the street, wagging her finger, angry, and saying, I told you not to? No. She scoops up the child with all of her tenderness and love and says, what do we need to heal? Right? It's not about, I told you so, I was right, you were wrong, shame on you for being disobedient. It's all about how can we take you and your brokenness and comfort you with love and seek healing. Mm. That's, that's how a normal earthly mom would approach a kid who, even though he was disobedient, has gotten hurt. Uh, 
And that's how our spiritual mother approaches us. Even when through the disobedience of sin, we have hurt ourselves. What great love and a great analogy from our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, who is leading us through a discussion on Our Lady of Sorrows, whose memorial we celebrate today here on The Inner Life. When was a time when you sensed the consolation of Mary, our mother, during a time of sorrow? How has she taught you to love during suffering? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Let us know how Our Lady of Sorrows has met you in your grief. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149 is a, the phone number to call. We'd love to get you on the air to have a conversation about it. Or you can send us an email as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, I do want to get into these seven sorrows of Mary, just so we're all clear on what we're talking about. You mentioned the Franciscan Rosary that has seven decades on it that uh, lead us through contemplation of each of these sorrows. So maybe this is a good time to do just that. Um, do you want to start us off in these seven sorrows? Sure. The, the first, you know, is the prophecy of Simeon. You know, when uh, there is this great joy of presenting the, the child Jesus in the temple, and a great joy that Simeon, who's waited for the Messiah for his entire life, gets to recognize him and pronounce, here he is. But right in the middle of all that joy, mm-hmm. there is this prophecy, a sword will pierce your heart. And that's why so many images of Mary that, that portray her heart, it's a heart that has a sword going through it. Yeah. That, that this this child is is the cause of her joy, this child will also, not, not of any fault of his own, but, but by his mission, fulfilling his mission, uh, it will bring great sorrow to Mary. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the, the first of the sorrows. Well, let me just jump in there, Father, because you brought up a very important point here that I think, um, actually, Monday's show is going to be on joy. And uh, I'm just curious here about the interrelation between joy and sorrow, because we are called, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, right? And and joy is meant to be something that uh, our Holy Father has reminded us in Evangelii Gaudium. The joy of the gospel fills the hearts of those who have had an encounter with Christ, right? So what is the interrelation between joy and sorrow? Does it mean that I, if I'm, if I'm fully sorrowful that I can't have joy, or vice versa, if I have joy, then I will never have sorrow? No, and, and in fact, you know, I often tell people, you know, that, uh, you know, a, a mother giving birth to a child, mm. they tell me that's pretty painful, right? <laughs> that, that, uh, so I've heard, you yes. Know, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that it's like a Mack truck, you know, uh, running over you and then backing up and doing it again, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and yet I've also seen these moms with, what do we call it? a bundle of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, the newborn infant wrapped up and placed in her arms, her body still hurts like the Dickens. You know, uh, she's suffering physically, but there's a great joy, a great joy there. Same for being with uh, faith-filled, uh, you know, people on their deathbed that, that I've been with them when all of a sudden, you know, their 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 body is racked with pain as they're they're dying, but they smile and say, "I'm going to see Jesus." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so so the world again is mistaken. It says pain and pleasure are opposites. You know, so so run towards pleasure, run away from pain. You know, but the fact is, in real life, we get both, and sometimes both at the same time. 
Yeah. So, you know, you were starting out talking about, you know, is, is Mary defective in faith because she was sorrowful at the foot of the cross? Mm-hmm. You know, in that spectacular passage from St. Bernard that answers that so well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's there. The sorrow is not different from Mary's hope uh, and, and the, the forthcoming joy in the resurrection. You know, they, they, they're not mutually exclusive there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we have to, to decide about life as well. And sometimes when we're really beat up, when we're really suffering, we need to decide to pay attention to the joys that are still present in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Nobody has all one or the other. Just like we, we, can't, we can't get all joy without suffering, nobody has all suffering. Wake up. When, when you're throwing that massive pity party for yourself and saying, woe is me, woe is me, all that stop. And remember, where are the blessings? There are beautiful things in your life as well. And so we, we, we begin to, to escape from despair by remembering, I have blessings as well as crosses. And so Mary stands to us as a, as a figure there in that. And of course, anyone that wants to say that Mary is defective in her faith, I guess Jesus must be too, because he wept at the grave of Lazarus. Right, right. Did he not know he was about to raise Lazarus? Of course he did. But he shows us it's not a defective faith to, to weep and be sorrowful uh, when someone dies or, or when other things in life happen that hurt. We can't deny our emotions. That's unhealthy. Right. We, we need to process our emotions with faith, but, but not suppress or deny our emotions. And sadness is a legitimate emotion, just like anger is a legitimate emotion. We just don't want to get stuck in that emotion. We want to bring the grace that God gives us to work through those emotions and to, to let faith lead us through those things right. uh, in, a, in a peaceful spirit. And I think this does tie in with the, with the beatitude, right? Blessed, happy are those who mourn which sounds, sounds contradictory, sounds paradoxical, right? For they shall be comforted. But yet there it is, kind of black and white from the mouth, from the lips of Jesus himself, right? Blessed are those who mourn. And it seems like Our Lady of Sorrow can uh, lead us in and through that and help us to learn what that actually means. Yes, and she can do that. We have different types of sorrows. And, and her sorrow as the mother who watches her son die, this is the most unnatural of griefs. You know, everything of nature says, no, no, I go first, right? Mm-hmm. I'm older, I right. go first, yep. you know? Uh, and so nature is, is totally reversed. It's upended, overturned the natural order when a parent has to watch their child die. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is the most profound of human griefs. And Mary experienced that. So, so for, for all of, of us, with whatever griefs we have, and especially for parents who've lost a child, Mary knows that most profound of griefs. And Patrick, you probably remember in the Cathedral of St. Paul when you were there, how there was a magnificent copy of the Pietà of Michelangelo that was brought there. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and I would sometimes see parents having lost a child praying intensely before that oh, yeah. because they understand Mary, Mary gets it. Mary knows the same grief we're going through now. She is our mother. She can help us with our sorrows. 
Our Lady of Sorrows is our topic for today here on The Inner Life. If you had a time in your life where you have experienced the consolation of Mary, our mother, maybe specifically you called out to her and she responded in some profound way during a time of sorrow, during a time of suffering, we would love to hear about it. Give us a call at 888-914-9149. Or if she's taught you to show great love and compassion even during a time of suffering, then give us a call and tell us that story as well. 888-914-9149. Or our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We are going to head into our first break here, but uh, when we come back, more on the seven sorrows of Mary and your phone calls coming up right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Glad that you're tuning in today on this, the Memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows, with our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. We are grateful for Our Lady stepping in and consoling us in so many different ways when we face sorrow, but we can also learn how to face sorrow by looking at her sorrows. And Father, you've been taking us, you started taking us through until I cut you off into the seven sorrows of Mary. So you talked about the prophecy of Simeon being the first one. What's the second one, Father? The second sorrow is the flight into Egypt. And so there we find, you know, the, again, the, the great joy of the, of the birth, the nativity of our Lord, interrupted. Uh, and it's not just, oh, we got to move. It's why we have to leave. And it's, it's, there is a, a violent persecution that is about to be unleashed, looking to destroy the Messiah, that, that evil King Herod uh, sees any other king as a threat uh, and we'll stop at nothing to eliminate that threat. And so he is going to end up with what we call the massacre of the innocents, the holy innocents, that every child, uh, uh, you know, of a, of a young age is going to be killed in the whole area of Bethlehem uh, in order to try and eliminate uh, the newborn Messiah. And so in the middle of the night, uh, Joseph gets a dream, uh, get up and, and take your family and flee. You know, and so off he goes, and so then Mary is uprooted uh, from her own people uh, and language, and fearing for her child's life, and they go to to Egypt, and there have to remain in, until after the death of King Herod. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so there, thereby, you know, all the all the people who have experienced that uh, refugees. I'm thinking people being uprooted for times of political uh, turmoil that they are fleeing and that sort of thing. I can see that she could be a, a huge con- consolation in those types of situations. But even uh, even those of us who don't necessarily face that sort of uh, political unrest or whatever might be going on, um, there's. 
there's still times when we feel uprooted in our lives, even if we're not uprooted from our homes. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, as a native Texan, for me to move to the frozen tundra of Minnesota, that's that's an upheaval. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're speaking from personal experience here. Is yeah. this right, Father? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But any any time we move, that we leave family and friends behind, and if we leave our own culture and our own language behind too, that's difficult. Joseph, Saint Joseph, what did he do? Do you have to find a job to support the family? How do you do that when you don't know anyone? You're an outsider, you know, and you may not speak the language. You know, difficult. Sometimes people ask, you know, say, Father, whatever happened to the gold that the that the Magi brought uh, to Bethlehem? Maybe it was the gold of the Magi that allowed St. Joseph to support the family while they're in exile. You know, I don't know. but But certainly it's a big upheaval for that family, and and uh and a lot of suffering mm-hmm. yeah okay very good well uh father i think we'll take a phone call here before we get back into the seven sorrows Anne is calling in oh we might have just lost her <laughs> well i guess we've uh we've lost a call sorry about that well let's continue on then let's continue on with the seven sorrows of mary and uh how about into the third sorrow of mary yes yeah, sorry Anne. call back while you're yes. redialing, we'll talk about the third sorrow, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, right? Yeah. Now, of course, this is every parent's fear, right? You're out somewhere in a big crowd, and all of a sudden, you can't find your kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's something that, that uh, we can still relate to very easily. And now, we might think it's a little bit strange that they only had one kid, uh, and that they actually got a significant distance outside the city before noticing but here's the thing, that, that people traveled in crowds at that time for safety from, from marauders, from, from being mugged on the way, you know, by bandits. And the women and the men usually traveled uh, walking separately. So, I mean, they're together as one big group, but all the women are together, all the men are together. And Jesus, as a child, would have walked with his mother and the women. Right. But, of course... If Jesus had his bar mitzvah, at, you know, while they're in Jerusalem, he would have been expected to walk with his, with his foster father, St. Joseph, on the way back. Now he's an adult, he'll walk with the men. So that's one potential explanation for how neither of them noticed that Jesus was with him. Joseph would have said, oh, he must have, you know, he came up with his mom, he must have decided to go back with his mom. Mary would have said, oh, he's not with me because he's now an adult, he's with, with St. Joseph. You know, and it's only when they all come together to make camp at night that they go, oops, you know. Yeah. But, but of course, we all, we all know the sorrow of, of not knowing where your loved one is. and right. Are they in danger? And, and do they need us? Are they scared? What, you know, how can we provide for them when we can't find them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, a great consolation in that particular situation. I'm sure, again, like you said, Father, we all have been there where we have a, a, a loved one who is who has kind of slipped through our fingers or we don't know where they are and, and they could be in danger. So a great consolation there as well. All right. Now, Anne is back. So Anne calling in from Tucson, Arizona. Thank you for calling back, Anne. Appreciate that. And uh, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you. Um, yeah, hi there. So my my um, introduction and little story um, about the seven sorrows was I was on my way to a doctor appointment. Um, I had been to many appointments because um, I was in a car wreck and having a hard time getting diagnosed with whatever. 
And this particular morning, I was it was heavy on my heart. My kids um, just wishing I could go back and do things different. And because we, you know, I was married, we had kind of a turbulent marriage for a big part of it. Anyway, it was one of those days where I was just all this sorrow in my heart about my children. And I am not Catholic. And I was going down the street on my way to my doctor appointment, crying. And the construction zone started, and a car. They got right in front of me because there was no way for them, nowhere for them to go, and their personalized plate said um, Seven Sorrows Mary." So when I got to my doctor appointment, I sat there and I looked it up on YouTube, and it, I just was in tears. Like it was just so spot on. I had never, you know, ever since that happened, that was probably three years ago, and I've. I've been going to the Catholic Church probably like every morning since. Wow. Beautiful. So anyway, that was like, yeah, so that was my introduction, and I had never, and I was raised up very religiously, um, kind of in a religion that doesn't have much good things to say about the Catholic faith, and um, it was just really interesting how it was just, that was not an accident. It was It was very powerful, and I don't know if my words convey how profound that was, but um, I have to act stoic because I just cry. It was just so beautiful. It was really beautiful. Well, God's providence is always there, and yes, He can even use a bumper sticker or a personalized license plate or whatever to 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 send us a message when we most need it. And you know, I always say that that when in the darkness of suffering, you know, we if we look around, you'll find God's fingerprints. He's with us. You know, Jesus never promised us an easy life. In fact, he said, take up your cross and come after me. But he, he did make a great promise. He said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of time. So, so to not look for Jesus to fix things, but to look for, for God's presence. And yes, Jesus giving us from the cross his mother to be our spiritual mother. She's sometimes there as a mom to comfort us in these moments. I'm so happy that you're able to, to find that peace and comfort uh, through, uh, through Our Lady and, uh, and to find yourself drawn to the Church despite prejudices that are there. I grew up in the, in the South in the Bible Belt, and, and all of my friends thought it was a shame that I seemed a nice guy that I was going to not get to heaven because I was Catholic. So I, I know a little bit about those prejudices myself. Uh, but just to, to have that peace that comes and, and say, God is at work here, and, and thank you, Lord, for sending me Mary to, to be that motherly comfort uh, in, in dark moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Anne, so much for the, for the story and the call and just relating my own experience, too. It was a kind of, it was, a, it was not growing up Catholic, growing up in a Protestant tradition, too. It was, it was notable, I guess is what I would say, and how the Blessed Mother kind of started dropping into my life and the life of my wife as well as uh, we were we were on the journey, and uh, we chose to listen, which it sounds like you did as well. So love it, and that you uh, that the Blessed Mother has reached you in that way, and thank you for continuing to go to the Catholic Church. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful place, and I hope that you find great consolation there and joy as well. So thank you for the call, and appreciate it. Let's go down to Andrea calling in from Michigan. Andrea? Andrea? How do you pronounce that? Hi, it's Andrea. Can Andrea. you hear me? Yeah, welcome, Andrea. Thanks for calling. Thank you for taking the call. I, my son passed 
suddenly in 2016 when he was 21. And obviously I was very lost and heartbroken. And um, I'm Catholic. I've always, you know, taught my kids that even though you love me and dad, please keep God first. And I'm glad that I did because we found many writings of his that said, keep God first. And um, when I was sleeping one night, Mother Mary appeared to me. It felt like more of a visitation where I could see her face perfectly in the traditional uh, with the crown around her head. And it was lit up and just, I was completely, um, the next morning when I woke up, I, I just told my daughter about it. And I said, she appeared to me. I mean, it was just her face. There was no words, but the way she, it made me feel consumed with love and compassion and gratitude. And it, I've probably had two or three dreams my entire life uh, that I felt were definitely from God and um, I feel like we're all connected by love, and I just wanted to share that story of how she comforted me in such a hard, hard circumstance. Beautiful, Andrea. Thank you for sharing that. You know, uh, like I said, w there are no words that can, can take away uh, the, the pain of a loss like yours. Uh, and and so sometimes it is just the, the Lord himself, you know, that... that that uh, has to enter into that brokenness and and bring that that sense of consolation and and that he sent our lady to do that for you is a great grace that that I hope you'll 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 have that gratitude for that uh, grace you know and and be able to let that help you going forward you know the the passing of of years doesn't doesn't take all the pain away uh, but to 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 keep that gratitude that yep uh, I know this hurts but but God is with me and our lady has come as a tender mother, uh, a mother of compassion, a mother who knows my sorrow in particular. And, and so she's going to walk with me and comfort me. Mm. Thank you, Andrea, for the phone call. It's a great story as well. And father, it just, it, it, again, it, it occurs to me that, uh, yeah, when I'm, when I'm in a place of profound sorrow, then, the thing I need, whether I recognize it or not, or whether I pursue it or not, I need another. I need a loved one who is there who doesn't necessarily have all the solutions, but can be compassionate, right? Can suffer with me. And uh, that's what I understand Our Lady of Sorrows is all about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Andrea, thank, thank you for the phone call. And God bless you. And uh, may, your son de may your son rest in peace. Well, let's get back into the seven sorrows of Mary, Father, um, before we take any more phone calls at this point. Uh, the fourth one, I believe, is what we're on. So we've had the prophecy of Simeon, the flight into Egypt, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple of Jerusalem. Uh, what's, uh, what's next up? So the fourth station, the cross, is the fourth sorrow of mm -hmm. Mary, that Mary meets Jesus on the, the Via Dolorosa, on the way of the cross. You know, so there, you know... It's this compassion that you were just mentioning to suffer with the other. Mary sees her son uh, beat up, crowned with thorns, and being led off to be dead, to be to be killed. And there's nothing she can do to stop it, or fix it, or make it better. And so, compassion to weep with those who are weeping, as the scripture says. Mm -hmm. And so, there we we find Mary, whose heart is moved 
with pity uh, and, and embraces the sorrow of, of the one. And we find that too, like with our friends sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I'll tell guys when I'm doing marriage prep, you know, that, that you'll come home and your wife is sitting on the couch crying and you rush over, what's wrong? And she goes, well, my, my best friend just got diagnosed with cancer. And, and all of a sudden you're thinking, just, okay, let's see, I, what do I know about cancer? And, oh, I, okay, and there's just a doctor. I just read an article about this. You know, guys, you know, leap to the fix it. Uh, and your wife doesn't actually want you to fix it. She wants you to hug her and just weep with her, right? Uh, but, but we're not good at that. We, we become uncomfortable uh, letting our emotions show like this, especially at least the Anglo-Saxons that, that dominate, you know, uh, American society and, and have formed it that way. You know, we don't do well with public displays of, of emotion, especially of, of grief. We were embarrassed by it. But no, to weep with those who are weeping, to have that compassion and say, I'm going to suffer with you. I may not be able to stop this, but I'm, I'm going to share your suffering. That's what we say friends do, yeah. right? They, they, half, yeah. they half our sorrows and double our joys, right? Mm, yeah, that's very good. I like that. And that, it, what I'm thinking, Father, is that that may be yet another way that our, our Catholic faith, our Catholic life does run in opposition to kind of what the world would teach us. You mentioned already how our world teaches us run away from suffering and run towards pleasure and that sort of thing. But, but yeah, that, uh, that not only are we to be... Uh, familiar and, in a sense, comfortable with suffering, with sorrow, with displays of of painful emotions and that sort of thing. But it's actually those things that actually lead us into a deeper life with Christ and therefore a deeper happiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. As as, uh, sometimes we hear you know, it's, it's the holes in our heart that allows God's love to enter in. Right. Oh, man. That's so good. Wow. The holes in our heart allow God's love to enter in. <laughs> I feel like we should just stop the show right there and just <laughs> and let everybody meditate on that for, for our last 20 minutes or so. But, uh, but we have more sorrows to cover, uh, and we are talking about Our Lady of Sorrows today here on The Inner Life. When was a time when you sensed and shared in the consolation of Mary, our mother, during a time of sorrow? How do you turn to her? When you are facing your own sorrows, your own sufferings, what has she taught you about how to handle sorrow or at least being present to sorrow, being there in the moment? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We will take our next break here now, but uh, do continue listening. And if again, if you have a way that Our Lady has blessed you in a time of sorrow, please do reach out at 888-914-9149. We'll be back with more of The Internet Life right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Santovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser taking your phone calls, and to our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, part of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. And we're talking today about Our Lady of Sorrows, how Our Lady accompanies us in our times of sorrow, in our sufferings, and what we can learn from her 
profound times of sorrow and suffering. And Father, speaking of profound, I believe the fifth sorrow that we've made our way up through, through the seven sorrows of Mary, is the crucifixion, correct? Yes, that's right. And there is the most profound, right? That mm-hmm. Jesus is crucified right before her eyes. Mary stands at the foot of the cross. And here she reveals to us fortitude. You know, when you can't dodge suffering and, and you don't pretend that it doesn't hurt, but you, you, but you sit there and take it, right? You, you, you don't just crumble and say, I, I can't go on. Uh, you say, God's grace is here for me. Uh, and as overwhelming as this seems, as, as much as I might want to crawl under a rock, I might want the whole world to end and just everything be over. Nope, uh, I've got to continue, uh, and I'm going to be steadfast. And of course, so many people, Patrick, who, who fall into uh, despair uh, and, and reject God, become atheists, it's because they've experienced some profound suffering, and they thought God wasn't there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's be clear, this, the cross by itself, suffering by itself, does not always produce a good fruit. It, 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 you know, the cross, when we, when we suffer, it can make us angry, it can make us bitter, it can make us suicidal, uh, you know, it can make us an atheist, you know, where are you, God? You don't, you must not love me or you must not exist if you're allowing me to be treated like this. You know, so the, the suffering has to be accepted with faith. And there Mary shows us the acceptance of faith and the fortitude, the fortitude that's needed. Uh, to 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 be there and endure, you know, and it's not stoicism. You know, there's the pagan philosophy of a stoic, just you know, just okay, you know, someone punches you, say, please, sir, may I have another? You know, I mean, no, that's that's this isn't stoicism. Yeah, uh, it's it's something more. It's this trust that God is present, that God is going to bring good fruit out of this, right? Because that's the thing we need to to realize. The suffering, the, 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 the evils that happen in the world, it never gets the last word, mm. right? The, the crucifixion of Jesus is not the end. There's a resurrection. And though the resurrection hasn't yet come, and Mary, Mary's there, but she has that faith, right? She's, she's going to persevere. And that's what we need to do in suffering is persevere, have fortitude, and hope. Hope and trust Trust in God's love, hope in the blessings that God is going to bring. He works everything for the good. He brings good even out of evil. Yeah. So, so that's, that, that trust and hope allow us to have fortitude and persevere. Wow. And uh, I just, uh, again, one of the things as you were speaking there, Father, that I know it's come uh, to me as in words of direction and advice and counsel in the times past, too, is that when we encounter those times of sorrow, don't seek to flee. Don't seek to medicate, but enter in. Um, almost, you know, turn yourself around and let yourself experience these times of sorrow. And there must be some wisdom in that that's linked to Our Lady of Sorrows as well, because where was she going to go at the foot of the cross? You know, how could she go anywhere but stay right there? But that that experience was the most profound suffering. In, indeed. And, and as you mentioned, you know, a lot of the, the problems, a lot of the sins that, that we, we fall into are unhealthy coping mechanisms for suffering. 
You know, right. I'm stressed right. out or I'm, I'm grieving. Okay, I'm going to turn to the bottle or I'm going to binge watch 900 hours of, of television or I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, escape, right? And escape is what the world says you want to do when you're suffering. But there is no escape because you, you take the sorrow with you wherever you go. It's in your heart. All you can do is seek anesthesia. But as soon as the anesthesia, whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or money or whatever, as soon as it wears off, you're faced with the same pain that was there before. But if you've sinned, now you've cut yourself off from the only source of consolation and peace. So to, to be careful of, of the way that we cope with the, the difficulties and the sufferings in our life, that, we, that the coping doesn't make everything worse. But to, to, to let Mary teach us how to persevere with trust and hope. Well, I do want to make sure that we have time. And you mentioned the Stations of the Cross before, so we've just done Station 12, and I believe Stations 13 and 14 are the final two sorrows of Mary, yeah? That's right. Jesus taken down from the cross. You know, I I remember being with a family who lost uh, a a young child, uh, and uh, it was time for the funeral to begin, and the funeral director comes running into the sacristy and says, Father, we need you. Uh, it's time for us to close the, the coffin uh, and and get the funeral started, and the mom won't let us. So I come out, and there kneeling by the little coffin of her child is this mom and, and she has her hand on her child, and, and she's, she's not paying attention to anyone around her. The church might as well have been empty instead of full. She's just focused on the, the dead body of her child. And, and she just she doesn't want anything to break this connection. Even dead, she wants that connection with her child. And so the dad's standing there just shell-shocked, and he looks at me helpless. And, and I already told you that the funeral director is frantic about what do we do. And I just walked up behind her, and I put my hand on her shoulder. And I didn't have to say anything. Without even turning around, she says, I know, Father, it's time to let go. And so she stood up, and we could begin. And later that night, I woke up thinking I had a heart attack, but it was almost like when I touched her shoulder, all that pain in her heart got transferred into my heart. And that's what sharing suffering is about. That's what compassion is about. And so I can just see Mary there holding the body of her son, not wanting to let that connection be broken. But then that brings us to the seventh sorrow, which is the burial of Jesus. Where, where Mary had to let go and had to, to walk away from the tomb. And, and that the consolation of at least seeing her son even dead, even that consolation is taken away. And that's where she just goes to that, that hope. I know this isn't the last word. I know this isn't the end of the story. And for all of us, of course, when we lose a loved one, we know we're on that same journey. We will pass the threshold of death as well. We will be reunited. Uh, you know, the, the, those of us that, that are living for the kingdom, we will be reunited around the throne of God in heaven. 
And though these years here may seem long, in the light of eternity, they're nothing. So to, to persevere in hope and to know this isn't the end of the story. Wow. Well, thank God for Our Lady and for our Lord and for everything that they're teaching us in the midst of how to navigate this life that uh, we have been so generously given by God. Let's, uh, let's go back to the phone. Sylvia has been waiting, uh, calling in from Indiana. And Sylvia, not a lot of time left, but thank you for calling in. Thank you. Um, I'm actually a first-time listener to your show. Generally, I'm working, um, but I caught this, and everything about the seven sorrows is exactly what I went through and probably a lot of mothers who have lost a child. My 18-year-old son was shot and killed tragically back in 2009, um, and on the app later, I found the seven sorrows of our blessed mother, and I listened to it during adoration with my earphones, and what a consolation. I wept, but it was, she was so consoling knowing what she had gone through with her son. And um, I think that's the greatest consolation almost to any mom who has lost a child. Um, Since then, two sisters of mine have uh, lost adult children through not natural, but kind of natural death, cardiac or whatever. so this is just amazing what, how you're going through, Father. Every single sorrow, it's just so very meaningful. And God bless everybody who's listening to it. It helped me forgive the person um, who was caught, who, who uh, shot my son within hours. Um, and I prayed for him and to this day because I wouldn't wish that on anybody, you know, to have that awful in your heart to have killed somebody whether it was accidental or not so thank you relevant radio and god bless you and um also a little note back in the day when i started listening um with drew and wendy they were such a huge consolation during my time of grieving and i still am it's going to be 14 years in november but it's so much easier knowing that i have our lady in jesus so again thank you relevant radio and god bless you great show. Thank you, Sylvia, for sharing that. And and again, like I said before, the years passing doesn't take away the, the, the pain. And there's some things that we limp all the way to heaven. But Our Lady's there to help us. She knows that pain. And so, Sylvia, thank you for, for your faith that, that doesn't let the darkness, the brokenness of this world extinguish that, that flame of faith in your heart. Uh, that's what all of us, I think, we need. And having the paying attention to the people God puts in our lives, He shows us love through people, through family and friends, through pastors, through the communion of saints. You know, I think of Saint Maria Goretti's mother that that had to forgive her daughter's murderer. You know, that, that to draw strength from all of that and experience the tenderness of God's love in the midst of of our world. Sylvia, thank you for the call. It's an emotional show. I don't want to say goodbye, but Father, uh, we do need a blessing from you, if you would, please. Through the intercession of our Immaculate Mother Mary, standing sorrowful but faithful and hopeful at the cross, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Share this with somebody who needs to hear it. Relevantradio.com slash life. 
Thanks to Father Joseph Johnson for being our spiritual director. Coming up on Monday, we're going to be we're going to be encountering joy with Father Matthew Witter. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.